I really spent a half a million on the house for granted. I'm really out here dancing. I'm really not romantic. I really got that petty. Hey, hey, I really know it's Eddie. Yo, what's up, man? We're back. It's first smoke of the day. Big, big, big episode today. It's episode 49. And uh, it's your boy Pat God's in the building. I'm here with Blackleaf. What up? And we got SF Native, big dog in the building, big burner, man. Yeah. How are you, bro? Feeling good on episode 49. 49ers, man, you know? San Francisco, baby. We out of here. It's like it was meant to be. Yeah. We're out here in LA, but down here for a show and come bless us with this episode man we appreciate it the season things finale work, things work out like that sometimes sometimes the universe is just in our you know what i mean it is and they got our back so episode 49 season finale end up line, landing on the sf giant the 49er <laughs> we out here man hell yeah man and i gotta get i gotta say like you 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 kept it real all the way through you reached out hollered at us you told you told me you would you would come down put it down link yeah. with us and then boom, you were you came back down, and I didn't even hit you up. You reached back out and, and followed up, and we made it happen, man. We appreciate that shit. Yeah. One good thing about my shit is I'm super hands on, man. Like, there's not a lot of people representing me. I represent myself, so I appreciate what you guys have been doing. I've seen a lot of you know industry friends on the podcast, and just look, it's a big business. It's probably one of the world's biggest and fastest growing businesses, but it's probably one of the smallest industries. So. You know, I had to tap in, bro. You know what I mean? It's just, it's only right. You, Absolutely. You, had, you got big dogs on the show. I had to come t show my face one time. Absolutely, man. So, you know, just getting into it, bro, your story really is 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 remarkable. Because, like, yeah. you know, fast forward to the now, I'm seeing what, like, the cookies brand popping up in places that we never thought we would be cool. Like, period. You know what I mean? Arkansas, bro. Oh. Even beyond that, I'm like... You know, we just linked with uh, Josh from Nutura and we learned about Cookies Thailand, right? And then we Thailand. see it in Vienna, Austria. We see it in London. We see it, all these global Amsterdam. destinations, Toronto, like, you know, just just Jamaica. You know, we see all Spain. the, you know, it goes on and on, oh, right? Man. So yeah. we see it firsthand and it's just like you, you, you've, you take the throne when it comes to global recognized brand of being able to expand and, and be a no, you know, the known cannabis brand when yeah. it comes to cannabis. You know, the thing I think people perceive, you know, the things that people don't really understand is I'm doing it for all of us because the more I go into a, a market where there might not be love for weed, like where it may be people that aren't really passionate about the plant doing their thing there, as soon as we come and we bring real menus and we bring flavor to the customer journey, it immediately makes people step their game up. It makes people have to reach out to Californian consultants, you know, Californian brands or brands that are really actually dedicated to what they do. Right. So like a lot of legacy uh, operators, whether it be growers or breeders or whatnot, are getting chances. And people never really looked at it like this because we're going around the world and like, oh, cookies is here. We got to do something. Right. And so, you know, I think it's really cool that we're, we're kind of setting the tone around the world of like, you know, quality cannabis and people actually really care about about the bud. It's it's going to open a lot of doors for a lot of people. So I just want to put that out there first because people may say cookies is expanding too fast or it's getting too big. It's like, look, that was right. my vision. I wanted to be one of the guys that had to go shake shit up. Mm -hmm. See a lot of companies in there dominating like the national space that aren't really from the game. I've been doing this shit for 20 years. So I feel like what we're doing is unique and is special for so many reasons. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's from and the culture for the culture. Yeah. You know? it, it, it is creating a roadmap too, because it's showing what's possible. 
Yeah, for sure. So, it's, it's super possible. And breaking I love, the stigma. I love to see all these other brands, you know, expanding to different markets and people with, you know, knowledge of like how to cultivate or how to how to make fire hash or operate stores to get opportunities in other markets to, you know, able to expand their profile as a businessman. Like this shit's tight. Like, like I said, I've been doing this since I was 18. I'm 38 now. So, you know, I've, I feel like I've seen a lot of changes come and go and to still be here is a fucking blessing for sure. Straight up. Yeah. And just to to make it through to where it is today. Fuck um, yeah, dude. It's not tight, man. Like the Wii game is, uh, it's, it's a very sometimes aggressive business. People are yeah. always at each other's necks, but you know, my, one of my guys said the best, he's like, bro, we all just need to relax. We're selling weed and we're selling weed legally. I don't really know what there's, what else there is to be, you know, like how could you be upset at that? Like, yeah, you gotta no, be fired real. up to sell weed legally. Man, so most of us sick. used to yeah. dream about that. Yeah. We would sit there and be like, what would it be like if this was legal and I didn't have to hide and I didn't have to worry about what I smelled like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Man, for and sure. your lounge in Amsterdam is part of that. I mean, that's we we did a dope episode there, and that was I mean, oh, what you gotta a spot. See, I, haven't, I haven't seen it yet. I really want to go see that spot. Bad, man. Super man, bad. That's nice. Super nice. That's on my list. Like, as soon as I, I think, like, come the fall, I'm about to go see uh, Amsterdam and Spain. We're about to go open up Thailand, like you mentioned. So, like, to see what we built internationally is, like, life goal shit. I yeah, can't wait. Yeah, for real. Yeah. That, that gets me extremely hyped because, like you said, once you break that stigma with that culture you know, it opens the door for them to be cool with weed, basically. So now you can go travel there, visit there. And it's it's less of a big deal when you're trying to do your thing, you know, and go go enjoy somewhere. Like, I haven't been to Thailand personally because you can't smoke weed. Yeah, you know I what mean, I'm saying? they used to give, like, death penalty and shit like, like, for like, weed. And yeah. I've always been scared of that. But, like, you know, I think the biggest, like, like, the craziest feeling I've had recently was getting off the plane in Arkansas. Or, no, I'm sorry, not getting off the plane. We floated into Arkansas, right, uh, on the bus. But, like, pulling up to Arkansas and getting some apples and bananas, like, growing indoor fire, uh, like, and knowing the point it took to get that cultivation dialed in. We turned down batches for a long time until it was completely dialed in. And our partners out there did a fucking great job of, like, following, like, our standards and SOPs. And to, to see that shit, like... I was like, man, this shit's great. Same with Montana. I hopped off the plane in Montana, grabbed some Gary Payton. You know, That's wild. Recently, just uh, in Detroit, I went out there for the opening Ann Arbor. Got off the plane, had some doggy bag, fire as hell. I'm wow. like, this is, this is like stoner goals. Like for mm -hmm. when you you don't have to worry about putting that shit in your suitcase or like. Yeah, the little shit me. we have to stress off every time we travel. It's just right there waiting for you. That's just to me. That's like. That is, you know, when it comes to you know smokers, like that's some that's some pretty that's boss shit right there. I that like is. that shit. That's Straight a goal up. for any cultivation. That's a goal yeah. for any brand, state yeah. to state, same quality, same you know where you can go smoke that batch and and be the owner and be happy smoking that batch. I mean, go to your establishment and enjoy the things you curated. I mean, that's that's any creator's goal, right? You like, see the cultivators too in different states to be like, oh my God, we grew this out. I can't wait to get and that's the cool thing about us. We work with so many breeders that the genetics and the menus are gonna stay rotating. And so it keeps people excited. They're not gonna grow the same shit for years. You know, they're gonna be able to to learn, you know, to fuck with different things and try different flavors and have an evolving menu. That's pretty cool too. That's that's one of the things that the cold cultivation teams are super excited about when we get to where we're going. Yeah, straight That's up. Sick. And you're always testing and going through it and you just Have keep the to. team. Everyone's breeding Have and, to. you know, 
it seems like the evolution is coming and, you know, the global reach is there. And like I said, you're breaking the stigma. It's, that's helping pave the way for the entire world to be able to enjoy cannabis. Yeah. So yeah. live culture. That's, that's dope as hell. Let's Talk about beginning. the beginnings, man. Like what was your first time smoking weed? I think the first uh, first time I smoked it was in Arizona when I was uh I was growing up in Arizona. I was back and forth from SF to Arizona. And uh my boys, all my homeboys, bigger brothers were like selling bud. It was like Mexican brick weed and shit like that. So uh, they rolled one up and, uh, and we, we tried to go get papers at the Walgreens and no one would buy it for us. So we ended up just using a Walgreens receipt and we smoked it. And I was like, I don't feel it. Roll another one. You know what I mean? So we, first time I smoked bud was in Arizona. Um, when I came back to visit my pops in Frisco, I seen what weed was really supposed to look like. At a very young age, you know, obviously brought it back to Arizona with me to show off at school, learned the power of having something that other people just can't get their hands on. Like that shit turned me on big time. I was like, oh shit, this California weed shit right here. Oh my God. Like, yeah. you know, I think back then it was, um, that was early. It was like mango. Um, yeah, that was pre, like even that was like pre train wreck and Romulan days. That was like, it was like a mango and, and just some fire ass, like uh big bud uh, skunk, like some salmon Creek, big bud skunk. I think my boy was getting like, it was just bomb ass loud California yeah. weed. And like, being what like, they, what they call them in the Bay? Cause like LA you hear chronic a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, back then it was like, they was, they were calling it like light green, kind bud. You know what I mean? Kind like bud, yeah. Kind Bud was like a big one. Like, you know what I mean? Like that yeah. was like when you walk up and down Hay Street, they put the nugs on their forehead, like buds, buds, kind buds, kind buds, kind bud. Wow. Um, That's dope. LG, light <laughs> green, um, bomb, of course. You know what I mean? I got some bomb. That's that's what the I was bomb, calling. Yeah. Yeah, when I when I go down to Arizona, but I got some bomb. I got <laughs> bomb with me. You know, it was tough to explain to kids that were getting twenty dollar ounces, you gotta pay twenty dollars for a gram. You know what I mean? Straight until up. They, until they tasted it. And that was a wrap. Yeah, because there, the, the the Reggie had to be super cheap there. Mm -hmm. Damn, you rolled a fucking doink. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. If you don't know, rolled a doink. this dude smokes. And I mean, really smokes. And that's yeah, one of the topics that Burns comes up. Big definitely smoking. He just showed us some crazy rosin for sure. Yeah, yeah, fire hash. I just got into the hash after chemo. Like, um, you know, smoke. I was smoking so many joints every day. It just got so repetitive and... My boy fired up um, some hash and I was, I smelled it. I was like, you know what? Cause I was scarred by a hot dab for everyone watching that's offered me dabs. I'm like, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. Yeah. I was one of those victims, early yeah. victims of a hot dab. I was like, I'm cool off that shit. I'm cool. It wasn't like smoking hash back in the hemp center days where you, mm -hmm. you would just, you know, smoke it off the charcoal or you would put it in the J. It was like hot dab, BHO, turn me off. But can't breathe for yeah, a after minute chemo, I just, I wanted to, you know, a little something different and the hash been doing me good. Lately. Nice yeah. rosin, like I mean, those Good flavors rosin, are insane. Yeah. It's yeah. different these days. Yeah, like the like the what they're into now, the way and donuts and the way it burns. I mean, dude. So you go back to AZ. Your first time smoking was was Reggie, and then you got the bomb out in the bay. Mm -hmm. Where? How did it go from there? Were you still living in AZ coming up, or? I was back and forth um, all the way up until like my senior year when I moved back to the Bay. But, you know, I think just like every, a lot of other people on their show, I was just selling weed to get high for free at first. Yep. But the difference was like 
know, moving from San Francisco to Arizona, the stereotypes of like being from San Francisco, as you can imagine, yeah. which is funny until I brought that weed. And then when I brought that weed, I was like, I told y'all where I'm from is dope. I try to tell y'all, I turn yeah. people onto the music, the bud, the culture of the Bay Area. And so, you know, during that time, it was, it was just cool to, to be able to rep that. You know what I mean? Like it was more about repping where I was from because when I came to Arizona, everyone was like, San Francisco, they think Full House, Rice Roni, other <laughs> things, you know? It's like, yeah, San Francisco is a pretty wild place. So when I when I found that bud in the Bay and was able yeah. to bring it back, it was big. Um, when, I, when I moved back, I started working in the medical days hella early, like uh, right when I turned 18. Yeah. I got a job. You back, so you moved back to the Bay mm -hmm. and then got started going in, uh, in the Bay with, uh, yeah. With the hemp is this, is this two fifteen? Yeah. two fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. When I was 18, I don't remember the years cause I'm really bad at math. Um, but when I was 18, I, I started going to a dispensary. First thing I did, first day I turned 18, I got my, uh, my medical card. I started going to the dispensary and trying to film a documentary and after like going in there every day for a couple of weeks, I was working at like Telly's coffee shop at the time and I was bar backing at a bar. The lady hired me. She was like, yo, you want to, like, you want to work here? Cause you come here every day. And I think yeah. it's, I think you like more than just shooting this documentary. I was like, hell yeah, I want to work here. So I started working there 18 years old and, and started learning, learning the game super early on, on the medical side of things. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're in the Mecca, the yeah, breeding the ground. And it was interesting, man, because like you have to understand, like to be that young and to work my way up the ladder, and you know, eventually, like at nineteen years old, be the buyer for the store and be opening and closing a store, and that shit was you get a lot of game like that. Absolutely, like you get a lot of game like that. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. The, what? Tell me, just to rewind a little bit, tell me about the documentary because that's interesting. Because I, I, I know you got a passion for media and stuff, but yeah. tell me about being at that young age. Like, what, what did you have in your mind to, I to just, make? You know, like living in Arizona and going back to San Francisco and seeing the difference. I got someone try to citizens arrest me in Arizona for smoking weed, and then you go back to San Francisco where everyone's selling bud in public. Everyone's just chilling. You see in the dispensaries, and it always interests me that I could buy. I used to buy clones. You know, when I was 16, 17, we'd meet someone on Hay Street, give them the bread. They go buy us a clone, a brownie, the, you know, the newest drop. And I was obsessed with the dispensary. So as soon as I was able to go inside, I wanted to show the world what it looked like yep. if you could buy weed legally. That that was my vision. I was like, I want to show the world what it's like in San Francisco. So I wanted to do a documentary about it. And that kind of like ended up putting me right in the game. Yeah, straight up. Did you did you do the documentary? I shot a lot of it and, you know, look, I got sidetracked with life. It's just like everyone else. But if you look at like the 1111 doc or some of the old footage of me at that spot, there's a lot of footage. So I'm saving it. Yeah. But I interviewed people for a long time. A lot of patients, uh, vendors, growers. Yep. Um, we just get behind the scenes of us fucking smoking big J's when the mailman would walk in. Like, you know, you're at that front door. You you buzz the mailman and you got a big ass shit. Like, what up? How you feeling right on? You take the mail. It's like, it's a flex. Like we're in here getting high. You step yeah. outside, you're back in normal society, but in here, this is our world, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I got a lot of that footage. I'm going to say, I'm going to use it for some shit for sure. Damn, that's dope as hell. That's a long time ago too. Yeah. The beginnings. Um, man, the first way I got introduced to you was when you, you were doing, you were sure you were putting whiz on game or like with this Amber ice and mm -hmm. all this other stuff, these yeah. videos and stuff. So yeah, I see kind of what it, what it elevated to where did where 
was that you with the videos and stuff too as well? Yeah. Like I remember I, like seeing you came on stage with a live plant. Yeah, like, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like the all that was plant. like, yeah. I swear like Wiz and Currency really like mm. the smoking music, like they, they, they sparked really, it. They yeah, it bro. Off. And like, it just led into this world of, like you said, like what it, what it's like. Cause at the time I'm younger, I'm in Florida still. So I didn't, I knew, but I didn't. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it was interesting to see like, you know, them getting put on game and seeing all that, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And you were behind all of it. Yeah. All those videos that you saw when I brought out the plan and all that shit, I filmed that shit on my iPhone and edited it myself and put it out. And so I was just, again, wanting world. to show the world like, yo, this is what it looks like if you do this and that, you know? So I thought it was cool to be able to bring a big ass plant to, to him and bring it on stage. It was cherry pie. We were growing in the back of the hemp center. I asked my boss, I said, yo, I want to pull a plan out. I want to bring it to the film where he's like, you're fucking nuts. How you about to get there? I'm like, fuck, I don't know. Shit. So we fucking, we got it. And uh, I drove up to the film with that big ass box and walked that bitch hobbled down the street with that big ass box. And it was, I think it really opened his eyes. Like, yo, like this shit's a lot deeper than just getting high. Like we're, we're tapped in with the dudes that really do this shit, you know? Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't know when I was working at the hemp center for extra bread after work, I would I would trim, I'd maxi crop in the grow room, do leaf, do all the things like that. We had a shady situation going on back there. We had um, one of those false shelves that you just kind of pull the little bolts and open it up. We had that grow, and then we had one up in up in in the roof. So when the city inspectors would come, they see like the small little like little area where we have like whatever plants, you know, and veg and budding, and then behind that shelf was where it was cracking. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I was able to bring Drake there. I brought, uh, I brought Wiz there. I let people come see that shit before it was actually like really out there like it is now, you know? It was super mafia for these artists to pull up, get some fire ass flavors like cherry pie, you know, all the earlier things we were fucking with and then go in the back and see this like mafia shelf open up and then into this big ass grow they were like holy shit you know so yeah that's dope as hell it was tight man i gave those i gave those boys you didn't an show experience. that part was that you didn't show that part <laughs> nah, I but you know it's 20 years later now nah, so for real it's dope you know, as hell to know 15 that now. years or whatever it is so i could talk about it now nah, but, for yeah, real no nah, i'm like sure. i would remember that <laughs> nah, it's dope as hell, man. So early days of the Hemp Center and shit. Who were some of your first early connections and contacts that like helped mentored you in this game and shit? I mean, my the owner of the Hemp Center, Kathleen Lemon, shout out to her. She's she's really like, I really want to go sit down with her soon because she saw a potential in me that I didn't really see. I was just obsessed with the weed and you know started off doing intakes. She put me into you know bud tending and then to buying and then to managing the store, which evolved into me ultimately doing what I do now. So she she gave me a lot of game, and then um, I think just like being there hands on, I learned so much. I mean, you're a buyer. Someone walks in. They hey, they you know how it was back in the days. They just walk yeah. in with a duffel bag. There was yeah. no there was no protocol. It's basically trap yeah. shit. Yeah. So they walk in and here I am. Obviously, you know, we don't have to get into it, but you know what yeah. time it is. Yeah. They walk in and you get to negotiate the price and you get to learn me to plug all day, every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you're able to just build those relationships. I mean, that's what put me on game. Yeah. Like that's what really put me on game. That's why like I learned the business and just kind of I met a lot of people like that. It was, it was cool. And, and I just kind of like learned just, you know, about genetics and about, about the different styles of cultivation, all that stuff. Super young, you know, before depths were known as depths, we got rich. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it just, it was crazy things. We're learning young, you know, hands on. Absolutely. Yeah. What year, what years was that? In the early two thousands. Yeah. 
Yeah, like 2000, like four, five-ish, six-ish, seven-ish. Yeah, they didn't know the difference between depths and indoors. No, 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 no. If you were selling indoors, like if, if you were was selling good, indoor cushions at 48 and you got some depths, at, you know, for the low, low, and no one really knew what depths were. It wasn't really a thing. You know, even outs, you know, people might have known about outs a little bit, but them depths, that was like, that was like the dot-com era for real, real trap boys. Straight up. I can't, I can't <laughs> right? disagree with oh, that, bro. bro. Co-sign, co-sign. I'm sitting there, man. They're bringing them in every day, (laughs) duffel bags. And there was some trippy vendors, man. Like there was people we definitely thought were feds. And um, (laughs) there was definitely like, you know, just crazy situations. You drive from, people were driving from all over to, you know, come show product. Our store was popping back then. Yeah. Yeah. You got to see the flip side too, though. Then you got to see what's selling, what names do what. How is this whole thing from this guy to that guy from you get to see the internals? I mean, it really changed the game. You hit on the nail. That's how I learned about marketing and branding, because we'd be there high. Someone walking with 30 pounds of some fire ass weed, they'd call it whatever. We'd have to make the sign for that, you know, whether it be Blue Dot or Romulan or Trainwreck or Super Silver Haze. So we're just sitting there with a little, you know, cardboard uh, cut out with the marker. And we're just drawing strain names. But I learned real easy. People gravitate to the shit that looked dope real fast. So the shit that I'd be a part of, like the signs I would be a part of designing, like me and my homegirl by yo, trip this, and we'd just be getting high drawing the shit that looks sexier, people gravitated to when they came up to the show, they'd be like, yo, what's that? But like, that's some shit. I, I drew that sign right there. Okay. I put color on that right there. Or I put an image on that right there. Like we're talking like early two thousands. There was no you you came to our store and got a plastic bag with a sticker. You didn't get there was no branded bags or anything like that. So that's when it kind of clicked like real early. Whoever is going to be the first one to put a brand out there is going to win. Like it's going to be like alcohol one day. It's going to be like everything else. So I kind of learned that branding shit just from being hands on again. You know what I mean? Just being there, understand that while we're making those signs, the ones that look cooler and look sexier, people gravitate to. And if it's good, then it's going to push. And it ultimately worked out good for us because not only did I learn that, but then you're pushing a bunch of product. When the vendors come back, they're giving you better price. They're giving you shit for yourself. They're fired up. It's just like, it was crazy to have them. Everybody was winning. Yeah. And he's the plug. You're the plug. You're the guy that. I'm the guy that decides whether mm -hmm. you're going to move your work today or not. I'm the guy that decides whether you're going to come back next week or not. You know, that's a lot of power to give a 19-year-old kid. You know what I mean? 20-year-old kid, especially when we were doing what we were doing back then. Mm-hmm. That's why I kind of laugh when everyone always says, oh, he just does clothing. It's like, oh, it's cute. You know, <laughs> clothing, you know, that, no, we do a lot more than clothing, but I learned from the ground up. You know what I mean? Talk yeah. about the clothing, because I think it's pretty dope, man. You mentioned Sick. Nikki Diamonds before. Yeah. A Bay native. Shout out to Nikki Diamonds. And it's like, you... Talk about how you were able to be around these guys, Al Fresh Co., these other guys that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Help curate, you know, the team kind of. A lot of things came out of San Francisco. Yeah. A lot of a lot of popping clothing brands. And um, I just kind of watched what Diamond did. And when I started building my brand, I actually did the clothing for a totally different reason. I just couldn't fit in anything. My fat ass couldn't get none that fit me. So I was like, I'm going to do my own fucking clothing line. I'm going to do it for only big dudes. Fuck this little dude shit. No offense to any little dudes out there. I was like, man, fuck this shit. Was this around like like Big Black had hit and he, he yeah, did a brand was, and shit like that, that? It was around that time. So I was going to call it presidential. That was like my big thing. And I was like, you know what? I'm kind of, cookies kind of popping right now. Like we're selling big packs of cookies. I was obsessed with the weed. And if you look at my earlier videos, like I did the video with San Quentin and Sean Paul, the Young Bloods. I was wearing the Cherry Kush shirt. Every time there'd be a new strain from Jig, 
I'd be all fired up and I want to like make sure I'm the one getting that because like that was my way to say, okay, you come by 30 or 40 packs of this. I'll slide you a couple of pieces of this and ain't no one got this. That was like my yeah. little, that's yeah. my little hook to get people fired up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I used to try to make shirts and get everyone, try to get him fired up to want to bring me more and show him I was a good asset to promote shit. So, you know, I was like, you know what? Um, I think I should do Girl Scout cookie shirts. And I realized I'd probably get sued. I just did cookies and first couple of times I lost my ass. I lost a lot of money on cookie shirts. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I did, I pressed up too many the wrong size. It wasn't the right design. And when I did the the logo that's on my hand right here, the Thin Mint logo, when I did that on a hoodie and I put the matching strings, I was like, all right, I'm going to try this shit one more time. I'm going to drop a hundred hoodies for a hundred dollars each, which is a crazy high idea. And it worked. It popped and it, it looked really good. And I wore that in that video with, um, me, Wiz, Big Crit, and Chris Brown, and that shit was ended up on BT, MTV Jam, shit like that. Damn. So that's how I kind of launched the clothing. And for me, the clothing is like it's really cool to see a bunch of cannabis brands coming out with clothing and and merchandise because that's a good way to bank revenue. You know, like with it's still the Safe Banking Act not being there and shit. You can't really do yeah. things like a a grown man should be able to do. You have to move your shit around all weird. So for the clothing, I recommend anyone in the space. You know, like. That shit could be real revenue for you guys. It could be a real catapult to your brand too. It's also like a big billboard if you think about it. I mean, the the way you guys have done it all the way down to the accessories and then the innovation within the accessories is just like And the quality, dope. like if I mean you Yeah, would, no, it's this, not cheap shit. This, it's this fucking is, Yeah, this is cookies right here, yeah. you know. And and like what people don't really know is I designed this last year. So when you see something coming out, you have to design a year and ahead. So, you know. We we put a lot of work into the clothing to make sure that anyone could wear it. Like anyone could wear this and not feel like they're wearing a weed brand. I feel like it's a lot bigger than a weed brand. I think cookies really represents what someone building something from the ground up can do. I think that's why it works. People really resonate with it. Like, okay, I watched Burn do it because I documented everything on YouTube. If he can do it, I can do it. That's what cookies represents to me. It's bigger than just a cannabis brand, I feel like. No, absolutely. You turn it into a lifestyle brand too. Yeah. I mean, all the way up into, uh, you know, I see the content with the comedians and shit, the people, the, the dude, he was, uh, he was antagonizing people in the gym and shit and they slammed the shit. The dude <laughs> oh, slammed yeah. the shit out of him. I was just yeah. like, damn, but yeah. no, nah, you know, it just marketing's changed a lot. Promotion changed a lot, but you guys have dropped a lot of products and I'm like, damn, nobody, you know, that's, that's on a whole different you know, wavelength. And especially with the, the cut and sew pieces is like, you're not just printing them and throwing them on a guild insurer at this point. It's like, nah. you're, yeah, you know, a lot of work goes into this. Shit, yeah. Bro. That's, like, that's big business. Yeah. Like everything to the T you got a lot of details and the everything's custom. Like that's having to come with new seasons every time. And then to deliver those new seasons on time, like to big retail chains and shit like that. It's a big business. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. it's a good business. I think cookies clothing did 60 million. Last, it did 60 million last year. And this year it'll probably do 75, $80 million. And that's real. That's real fucking money. I mean, it's no joke. It stands on its own. It's, yeah, it's it is. It's just, a real business by itself. Yep. You know, just to turn it into that is, is impressive. You yeah. know what I mean? You enjoy the designing that. part. You enjoy that's, picking. That's what out. I like the most. I I feel like what I'm, I feel like what I'm best at is is marketing, branding, design, and and connecting people. That's what I'm good. at. I'm a people's person, but I really enjoy the design side of cookies. Like you know, the way that we lay out our clothing, our bag designs for the strain art. Like I touch all that. I have to make sure it's you know, 
it's important to me. It's authentically you. Yeah, it's my yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Talk about talk about being at the Hymn Center and shit. Like when did it start getting real for you where you were like thinking other things? You know what I'm saying? When people like started you, when people started thinking I owned the place. People You were running it. Yeah, people thought I owned it very because I was rapping. You know, like I've been rapping for a while. So I was rapping and people people thought I owned the place and, and I had people start approaching me like, yo. You know, if we can call, if we can call this store and act like it's your store, we'll pay you this much money. And so I kind of had like a, look, I didn't come for money. I didn't, I didn't have a bunch of money, you know, coming up and the money I did have, I worked really hard for it. I trapped, I trapped it out and did what I had to do. So I wasn't able to go get some of the licenses like everyone else in the medical game. So a lot of people, they were able to take advantage of me for a long time. But they didn't really know what the bigger plan was. A lot of it was mapped out on purpose. I let people pay me small money to use my brand. But guess what it's doing? It's giving me brand awareness. I let people, we we let people use our genetics, you know, and pay a licensing fee. And some of my partners got fucked really hard on that, right? They got fucked really hard. But what it did was give us major awareness. I always knew that in the back of my head. I didn't have it in me. I wasn't so savvy where I can go raise money on my own and do things like that. I was trapping, bro. I was rapping and trapping. I was doing my thing. But I always knew that, hey, if I can get this proof of concept off, I'm not worried about the minutia right now. Like, let them go ahead and pay me whatever they can pay me a month to use the name, to use the brand. And as soon as I as soon as I map it all out in my head, we'll level up and take this shit back in-house. And that, you you see cookies on the canvas side, it really didn't do that till 2018. You know, it was partnerships with people like um, Connected and other things like that. Which whatever it is, what it is, right? We can go into he says, she says all day, but the best part of it is I knew what that partnership would do for me, right? So I think it benefited both people. They were able to, they were able to kill it. You know, they learned a lot of game from me. They were able to build their own brand with our genetics, create a bunch of things that they still use now. For me, I was able to to take that proof of concept and and create a global brand with it. You know, I, I when I seen that light hit out the hemp center, I knew what it was going to be. I just didn't know how I was going to do it. I just knew I had to stay down and just keep doing what I was doing. And it ultimately led up to where we're at now, you know, doing licensing deals with other people. And it was cool because it actually taught me how to work with people. And you look at our business model now, it's really a lot of partnerships. We empower people, you know, like, let's say you had to grow out in Maine and you're killing it and we want to go to Maine. I'd probably approach you first and be like, yo, we can bring this menu to the table. We can do a store. Mm-hmm. We'll take a small rip off it. We'll get the purchase option on it. We'll empower the fuck out of you. We'll turn your shit up. You're going to turn our shit up. And then at the end of the day, if we ever want to roll everything up, we can. So I like the partnership side of things. You know, I learned how to do it from a lot of those licensing deals. I learned what worked and what didn't work. I learned how to motivate people to stick with you. And, and you know, that that's that's the biggest learning lesson from all that shit. Can you drop some game on us? Yeah, I mean, Just I think like it, things things that do work yeah, versus think, things that don't. I think things that really work is just being straightforward. When you partner with someone like, yo, what's your what's your ultimate goal? Like, what do you guys want to get from this, right? Mm. If I would have talked to Connected about that in the very beginning, hey, what do you guys want to do from this? Well, we want to do A, B, C, D, F, G. Well, that ain't going to work. We would have known right away, right? So you want to sit down with someone and just say, okay, what's what's your ultimate goal from here? If you guys are on the same level and you got alignment, that's that's the biggest game right there. Align with somebody. Some people just want to grow good weed. Some people just want to run a good store. Some people want to be a part of something, right? You look all around the world, people want to be a part of things, right? Yeah. 
Some people want to build their own shit. So if you figure out like, yo, do you want to be a part of something big that's one day going to, you know, be a greater story than just whatever, and you're aligned with this and you want to do it, then cool, we're, we're able to work. But if you want to get in and build your own shit and make conflict with what we're trying to do, that might not be the best idea. You know what I mean? So I think I think that like you can, you can find a, a good balance just by communication. Straight up. What what about some things you see that 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 don't work? Yeah, I mean, I think just uh, you you have to learn hands on. It's all first hand experience. I mean, some of the things that don't work is like you go to somewhere and you give a farm to next to grow for you that you're gonna buy back for a certain price, and they decide once they get it they can get more money because they have your shit, and they want to go back door. So you have to learn all these things, but you learn firsthand. You, I, I think what. I think the best way to put this is let your partners pick your partners. Let them pick themselves. Like if you go somewhere, you want to try a new partnership, give them a little something. If they go leak their shit and they do backwards shit, then you know right away. Cool. We can't move forward. You're not going to give them the whole, can't give them the whole shebang right away. Right. So got to kind of feel your partners out. I think that trusting someone right away and just letting it all happen at once is something that doesn't work. You have to kind of build into it. Yeah. I, Wow, I had someone tell point. me they were like, I don't do any partnerships if I haven't known the person at, at least a year. Just good, on that, some normal life. Nah, like that's I mean, a, by then you'll know how they handle yeah, time and life. I mean, that that's that's a good way to put it because a lot of the partnerships you see us do across the nation, I mean, it takes a lot of conversation mm-hmm. to get to that point. It takes us sitting down multiple times, going to their facilities to see what they're doing prior to even fucking with us. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Making sure you do a background check on a reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe yeah, it sometimes game. takes dialing in the quality you go there. You see a lot of potential, but they could change A, B, C, D, F, G. So you change those first dialed in, then you bring your next. So I agree with that because by the time we partner with someone, there's been a lot of work put into it. We just don't, you, you can't just go grow our shit from a random market. If you were in Connecticut, you couldn't just say, yo, we want to do a cookies partnership. Let's go. It's going to be, who are you? How you get down? How long you been in the business? Let's come see your spot. Let's try to vibe out. What are you doing right? What are you doing wrong? How can we fix it? How can we get to our standards? So it's a lot of work to to get a partnership like that. If you don't mind me asking, when you when you want to work with a cookies, is it here's a cookies deal? Let us know. Or is it a back and forth? Like, you know, because sometimes it's just this is the licensing deal. This is what we do. Or is it a back and forth? It's, we've done, we've done different ones, but mm-hmm. I think the model we have now is pretty straightforward. I think mm-hmm. it like kind of gives the operator and in the cultivators a lot more, you know, incentive to just stay down with us. You know, we, we make it more favorable for them. We're looking at long-term. My whole thing is like, I look at myself like Johnny Appleseed. I want to plant this shit everywhere I can before my time's up, you know, and if it ends up turning into something super big while I'm here, great. If not, then it's for my kids, it's for the legacy. So I'm not so worried. We're not so worried about what's what's the deal for right now. We come do a deal with you on the cultivation side. If we like what you're doing, if we like what you're doing on as an operator, as a store operator, or the group has a lot of power as an operator and, and align with our vision, we're cool with that right now. We want to incentivize them to, to rock with us and make it make sense. Yeah, absolutely. That's dope, man. I mean, the wave is big, bro. The wave is big. And like, was that last perspective, was that a new perspective you just gained from like, you know, to speak on like some of the cancer stuff or has that been, you're very strategic. Has that been just throughout your life? You had that perspective about it. No, I think just like doing business for, you know, for such a long time, being in the cannabis business business for 20 years, you kind of understand like 
how things work, right? Like you understand, okay, if we did a deal like this, it probably won't last that long. If you go ahead and do a deal like this, there's a lot of opportunity for that to last long, you know? So I think it's a, a combination of just being, being in business for a long time, doing a lot of deals and doing deals that didn't work. Yeah. You know, like you, you learn you how go. to make, make it work. Yeah. And when I was bartending, man, like one of my bartender, uh, bartender, um, homies said the best thing. We don't hire people out of bartending school. You know, like meaning like if you don't get your hands, like, Right, right. You I gotta was a barista. I, yeah. I used to work at fucking Telly's coffee shop when I was 16, 17. So I moved quick. I knew how to boom, 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 boom. That's more attractive to someone that's looking for a bartender than someone that says, I went to school for this. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's how I look at that's how I look at the business. You learn hands on and once you learn, then you can you can apply that shit to everything. Yeah, nothing nothing trumps experience. No. Nah. Just just getting in there and getting it done and yeah, figuring get, shit out. If you ain't getting your hands, you, you know. You got to kind of just run and gun as long as you can and then establish the foundation. Um, So talk about the Hemp Center days and all that. How'd you get linked up with Wiz and, and everybody? Like, how did all that? Yeah, he, he uh, Mr. Fab hit me up and said, yo, Wiz is in town. He wants to pull up. Is it cool? Mm-hmm. I said, fuck it, have him pull up. <laughs> he pulled up. He seen the spot. He was like, holy shit. Um, I hope you don't smoke blunts. I held up a big ass long joint like I'm holding up now. Yeah. And I was like, nope, I smoke J's. He was like, oh, for sure. And we just vibed out and kind of like saw, like, I like, I liked his crew and his entourage. They were cool as fuck. I was like, you know, I like these guys. Like, I could yeah. fuck with them. So I just built with him. And when he came back to SF, that's when I pulled the plan out. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to trip this dude out. Yeah, that was wild as hell. Yeah. And he was, he was still developing in that time. Like, that was pretty yeah. early still. He was young. I mean, a lot of shit happened in that era. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. a lot of shit happened in that era. You have to understand we were the first people with hash bends, trippy yeah. stick before it was trippy sticks. Yeah. Before it was before there was a G pen. We were the first mm-hmm. ones with it. Like the guys we were getting it from were getting fucked with by the feds and has stopped. But if you go back to some of those older videos, I introduced currency and whiz to the hash pen, you know, did the crazy things I did. I don't want to talk about on the internet with the hash bends too. Yeah, you that know what? I remember sh- that. <laughs> made I remember shit, that. We've seen that. Yeah, made yeah, yeah. shit go viral, uh, right? Like, we that, had, we had that right, shit. Dude. It's up that, here still. It's yeah. up here, right yeah. here. <laughs> I, get, I, get, I, get, I get reminded of it every now and then. But I just but, had a flash. You know, that story is, the reason why I did that was because the owner said, <laughs> if you can get a certain amount of views on the internet, we'll give you X amount of equity. I said, oh, shit, snap. I know how I could do that right now. <laughs> I know I could do that right now. Marketing. Oh my Boom. gosh. Here, yeah. here goes your views. Yeah. But yeah, man, like a lot of shit happened in that era. Like, you know, cookies was birth. You know, the whole technology of vaporizing hash oils was birth. Like, you know, Dabs a bunch of the, the exotic genetics whole like people wanted flavors kind of birth. Like yep. it was it was sick. Weed rap yeah. was on a huge wave I, then. I feel like that's what oh. like catapulted everything. It was yeah. like you put it in the culture of, of the music culture and it's like just grew, it grows legs. You know what I mean? Of like the way people in California are smoking, the way, you know, the rest of the world can see it. Cause at this time it wasn't, I think it was like Cali, Colorado, maybe a few spots, like not, nothing was really popping everywhere else. Man, at all. the internet, like I always say, cookies was birth from music fire ass weed and the internet if it like remember the smokeathon back in the days mm-hmm. yeah like everyone got on the internet on world star i was like yo i can out smoke you we <laughs> i got on the internet from the hemp center with all kind of jars and i said look i ain't gonna say i'm gonna out smoke anybody because i don't know what anyone else is on that might let them smoke longer 
I'm going to say I'm going to bring the best shit to the table. And I started showing off all the flavors and being on world star hip hop and YouTube and right when Instagram hit with Twitter and showing off the weed, the whole world was, they weren't hip to that shit yet. Yeah. Straight like, up. Damn. These fools got it cracking over there. Damn. Yeah. You could just, okay. So it was, it was like a big ass movement at the same time. Like that gumbo of like music, entertainment, cannabis, and the internet was like, I don't think anyone could ever recreate that shit again. No, I don't, I don't think so either, man. It's, it's crazy how, you know, the right place, right time, the right thing. And, and it pops, you know what I mean? Um, talk about, talk about after, you know what I mean? After 2018 or whatever and all everything, how, how you like envision cookies and, and the expansion and how you've been able to kind of navigate growing it at a pretty fast rate, man. Yeah. Hella fast. I mean, insane from 2018 and now things changed fat. Like it changed fast for us. Like, uh, man, fuck. We, we have our own business now, you know, like cookies has been like, it's it's a corporation now. Right. Like before it was kind of like this, like let's do deals based on like this or that this now it's all organized. Everything sits in a portfolio. So, um, from 2018 till now, I think we have like, 40, 46 stores or maybe like almost 50 stores. I, I lose count. one for every state. Yeah. So That's crazy. Wow. We're in a bunch of different markets. We're all around yeah. the world. We have a clear uh, roadmap of where we're going. I'm still the biggest majority owner of cookies. I haven't lost that yet. We, we've overcame some crazy battles internally. We're good. Um, I think like our expansion plan is pretty fucking, it's pretty solid. And I think that we're not going to go nowhere. I think that what we've been able to do, like empowering operators all around the world and working with breeders, like right now you see, I got all sea junkie flavors, this for the mince menu, for the cookies menu. I think me being able to network and work with breeders as well as our in-house stuff too. Um, it's been super crucial for us to to do what we've been able to do. Like I think networking is everything, you know? Um, we're just about to pop off um, all our... Um, Shipping containers and humble. We got seven shipping containers all dedicated to breeding and pheno hunting. So we got a bunch of seeds that we already made old school style and tents and shit like that. We're about to pop. Um, we're about to do a bunch of breeding projects. Now it's game on. I could have Bodie, you know, plant more seeds, come up and meet JBZ and do an incredible, you know, breeding project. I can have Jigga pull out old pollen and do something with you know, exotic Mike from Seattle, we can, we can really get busy and like start orchestrating breeding projects. I think that's, that's the wow. next, you know, next wave of our, of our, of our businesses. Now that we have the infrastructure, mm-hmm. let's start, let's start orchestrating breeding projects. You know, let's, let's really curate menus the way we want to. Um, You're talking double collaborative breeding projects to taking one breeder's best work and collaborating with another breed. I mean, that's the ultimate. Just addressing profiles like, yo, like there's the fruity category. Everyone wants Mm -hmm. candy. Let's go ahead and kill the candy menu. I miss like chem dog, like chem four and shit like that. Let's get the gassy menus going. Mm -hmm. Let's take some like legacy land race style strains. Like we have this new one, the Congo cashmere is uh, by Bodie, who I've been working with a lot with on, you know, behind the scenes. I haven't really told anyone about this, but I've been working with Bodie and um, we're doing like crazy ass shit. No one's doing the The Congo cashmere is a flavor profile that I've never seen before in, in the cannabis market. It's it's the Congolese with, with some stuff his buddy got from cashmere. And the shit is incredible. It's next level. But you take that and you hit it with like, you know, some purpley and gassy to kind of Kind of please, or you know, the the market that you know they all want purple gas right now. But 
we also want to educate people on different flavors. Like there's shit that doesn't look so pretty that tastes great. Like a Skittles, right? Like that shit broke through. Yeah. It's not the prettiest bud, but all the heads know is some of the tastiest shit, hash yeah. and flowers. So I think, you know, curating menus and, and developing new menus is like what I'm most excited about for cookies because we kind of built backwards. We expanded everywhere super fast. We picked our partners. We worked with a lot of breeders to 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 get things done quick. Um, we gave them a lot of juice and empowered their brands and, and I still to this day promote other other, you know, brands and try to empower everyone. But now we can take all that and do that shit in house um and and host those collaborations. You know, so I'm fired up on that. And so all our partners around the world could start getting crazy menus and it's never gonna stop. Straight up. The Congo cashmere. Talk about like what is that? What's that man? What's that, that shit, cross on? Like that shit tastes give, crazy, give bro. Something. That shit tastes crazy. It's like seven months, eight months old. I still have a little QP and a turkey bag at the house. I just keep tasting it. It's it's incredible. It's a different high. It's a different flavor. But that's part of what we want to do with these platforms. We want to be able to educate people. Like, yo, this shit don't look like this shit right here. But God damn, it's good. You got to roll it up. Yeah. You got to take it for a test drive. Yeah, you got you to put it out there, man. You got to put new flavors in the mix. Yeah. yeah. Is it like a gas? It's like a... It's like a, it's like a like lemon gas, but like some hints of lavender in the background. Like it's, it's just, it's super fire, man. Like it's something super unique. Um, actually I'm releasing the album from sea to sale and I'm gonna drop it with the seed pack of the Congo cashmere, uh, Congo cashmere cross. Oh, that's so dope as hell. yeah, we'll just do like 1500 physical albums that will have the seed pack and everyone that gets the seeds, will be able to hunt it. They'll be in a, on our discord with us and. We'll have a cup at the end of the end of everyone's hunt and pick the best strain and they will get an opportunity to drop that strain in all our cookie stores and get a royalty. So it's some like fully integrative, like dope ass shit. Like everyone's going to be able to like just chop it up and network. And it's kind of like a summary of what my business is like anyway. So picture being one out of 1500 people are going to buy that seed pack. It's, you know, part of an incredible album. I did the album coming right off of chemo. Um, pop those seeds, everyone share their work in the form. And then there's a cup where everyone that wants to enter can enter. And then we pick that, we pick the winner and the winner gets to do actual business with us. So, wow. you know, that Congo Damn. cashmere meant that much to me that I had to be a part of that project. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's fucking crazy, man. That's a dope ass curation of just bringing everyone together. You know what I mean? And yeah. evolving it into, into, you know, selection. Yeah. And then you get to work together. That's dope as hell, man. I like I like to keep pushing like the networking side of things. Like a lot of people may try to discredit our business model, but it's difficult to be fully integrated. That's just tough as hell. But picture managing hundreds of partners and keep everyone on the same page. That's 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 a lot of work, right? But but it's all it's really cool to see everyone doing their thing and to be able to work with all these different people. I like people, man. Like I think it's really cool to go to different states and countries and find growers that have been doing their thing for a long time and be able to work with them. So I thought from sea to sail would be a good way to kind of pull in like the average, the average guy that wants to be a part of this shit. Like, yo, you know, at least for the first 1500 that, that bought the album, they could be a part of this shit. And I think it's super cool. That's no, a that's grower's dream. Yeah. That's a grow. In my opinion, that's, I mean, dude, that's a grower's dream to be able to do that and chase something. And then just shows you how tapped in Bodie, bro. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it just shows how tapped in you are. You know, you work yeah. with compound, you got your thing with C junkie mm -hmm. insane, and now you got Bodie and 
it shows how tapped in you are to the culture. Yeah, nah, Bodie's a legend, man, and he doesn't get enough flowers uh, for what he's done, and he's also very low-key about what mm -hmm. he does, and that's what made me really fuck with him. A lot of egos in this shit right now, and I have to remind people, again, we're just selling weed, bro, and we're creating weed, and the weed we're creating is becoming staples in, in the world, and, you know, at the end of the day, like, that's the biggest compliment to someone's work is for people to fuck with your shit. So, you know, Bodie's a super humble dude, and we're doing a lot of shit. And uh, once I get those shipping containers fired up next month, you're going to see a lot of crazy collaborative things going down. I'm going to bring everyone together. I really want to, I just want to work with people. That's one thing that has changed after the cancer shit. I'm glad that I took the route I took because it's, it's allowed me to meet a bunch of people. But now we're going to just keep doubling down on that. Like to be able to host like seven different breeding projects at once. And then we have all these partners around the country, around the world. We can give seed packs so they can all phenol hunt too. Keep the stores exciting. Yeah, you, know, you, you, you build out 50, 70 stores. How do you keep it exciting? You just do a bunch of breeding and you make sure that your partners that are vertically integrated in different markets are able to have fun too. You know, it's yeah, furthering cannabis. The amount of phenos in production, you're going to further where cannabis is. Yeah. You're literally going to press the fast forward button on cannabis yeah. for a while. I mean, yeah. that's amazing. I mean, dude, I mean, one of the things I'm thinking about is like, this is a hundred year brand, right? Like think mm. about when you pass by, like you pass by like a KFC or you pass by like a McDonald's, you know, that the original founders would have never wanted to be what it is right now, but there's also no one really pushing that shit. Right. So We've went as far we went as far as to get a hologram uh, ordered where I can do my thing right, produce flavors right now in the next ten years, document everything and time capsule shit to be released like in 2060, 2080 and say hey guys what up you know my name is Burner founder owner wow. of Cookies we made this train right here this is this times this. This flavor profile is super attracted to me for this reason. I want it to drop in 2060 when you guys drop it. This was the purpose behind this. Boom, 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 boom. That way, like your employees of whatever, whoever, however cookies being ran, whether it's my kids or my kids' kids, or if it, who knows what's going to happen with it, but at least they'll respect what's coming out. Like, you know what I mean? They'll be, we're map, we're road mapping out a long-term vision for what's going to happen. So there's no room for this shit just being a stale blue building in the middle of nowhere. Like that's my biggest nightmare. You know, when I first got cancer, the first thing I thought about was like my daughter and cookies. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do for cookies? And that's why we started planning, you know, let's get the hologram. Let's map out our menus. Now, if I die from cancer, at least there's a, a game plan of what this shit needs to look like. There's purpose with this shit. You know what I mean? So I think that super clutch is like actually mapping out what your shit's going to look like. You know, Colonel Sanders would be mad if he knew there was soggy chicken in a bucket right now yeah. with no respect on that motherfucker. Man, yeah, McDonald's, man, that. the McDonald's brothers would never let that fucking old ass, uh, <laughs> crazy ass. You know, you see that how the McDonald's burgers uh, will sit there for like 25 years oh, and yeah, go back. Crazy, bro. Man, the original McDonald's no. brothers would never let that shit no. happen. They'd be like, nah, motherfucker, buy fresh meat, pack that shit up, grill yeah. it right there. Like, so we just have to, we have to put it out there and make sure that, uh, people understand what the vision is and the, that they're motivated to execute it. Yeah, wow. 100%. Jeez. Furthering cannabis culture, furthering the brand and, and so much forethought into where you're going and where the, where the weed's going. I mean, dude, to have a strain dropping in 2060. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's, it's cool though, but there's no reason not to do it. The technology is there. We're doing breeding projects. We know how to preserve seeds, right? Um, 
we have hologram technology. Mm -hmm. It's probably, it's probably going to look like a VHS by the time that comes out, but it's still going to be there. Right. Like we have the resources to do it. So why not do it? Might as well do it. That shit. Man. Yeah. If you don't mind, talk about technology, that test that you took that detected your cancer. Yeah. Dude, if you could, that saves lives. Like we, I mean, people literally stopped and wrote that down. Like that's, that's one in a million. I mean, if you don't mind touching on that for a yeah. second, I mean, cause uh, that seems like I gave you a lot of perspective. I think the company is called grail and the name of the test is called gallery, Sick. but they can test for 50 different types of cancer through your blood. And, um, a lot of young people in our age, you know, I'm 38. A lot of people in their thirties right now are getting colon cancer because of the food we, you know, like, we're from the McDonald's, Burger King, KFC, fast food era. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of our generations getting cancer right now because we were fucking raised on bullshit. Mm -hmm. we, we, our parents didn't know. They were working hard. You know, they see this option to give us food quick and it's nice. And we got played. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, if you're out there, are these edible or not? Yeah, they're phenomenal too, by yeah. the way. If you're out there, this is the way you snack when you're stoned. You know, you can't really, you can't keep eating that bullshit because it will kill you, literally. So the the Grail Gallery test, that shit right there saved my life. And I think it's going to save a lot of other lives. And it's not really accessible to everyone right now, but push the line. They can get a hold of it if they need to. Yeah, dope. Yeah, it's crazy that that's not accessible or like almost mandatory. Yeah. People just do it, but... I mean, that's a whole nother. Yeah. Pharma healthcare. Um, yeah. The business is fucked day. up. Yeah. So it's, it's ironic though, too, that it's like you're, you're cannabis and you know, you have that a position and approach. And it's like, I feel like cannabis is a threat to big pharma and all this other shit. You know what I mean? Hell yeah, it is. Talking about the hemp center days and where, where did it go from there when you broke free and stuff? Like when, when you left there, like <laughs> what, what were you, what were you doing? Like how, how was everything looking? When I left the Hemp Center, it was like when my rap started really popping off. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. You know, just kind of like you, you've been, you've been, you were independent, just hustling, putting the money into the music or how were you? Exactly. Built that shit myself, <laughs> ground yeah. up. I got like 46 albums out. I paid for everything. That's, I did everything myself. Pick the beats, name the shit, write my own shit, you know, sit there during the mixing and mastering, like. Um, music is is therapy really for me that's what it is it's a good commercial too it's a good way to get your shit popping but it's really just therapy to me i feel like yeah yeah well, and you've been you've been doing that since what 18 17 yeah i started rapping in uh high school just fucking around but my first album was in 2007 yeah wow yeah i know right and that's the marketing so behind them is so killer bro you go all out the rollouts like Different than most, you know. Did you did you get with a, a major label now or nah? Still independent? Fuck major labels, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're on some look. How's that work? work? Here's the thing. Picture oh, if you shit. grew the firest batch of weed ever, right? Uh -huh. Like you built the room, you selected genetics, you grew that shit out. That bitch came out frosty, sticky, smelly, tasty. Everything is perfect. And then someone told you, you can't drop that shit. We don't think it's dope. And you're like, what? And like, nope, you can't drop it. And every time you came up with something new, they say you can't drop it. Unless you do something that they want you to do. I ain't wow. doing that shit. A lot of artists, you can go to Instagram any day and see people tweeting, fuck, my label won't let me do this or this or that. I could never make something and not put it out. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't do that. Like, I couldn't spend my time to create something and have someone tell me, one, it's not dope. Or two, it's not coming out. Because everyone has their own opinion. 
I might think that fucking grape tastes like shit. You might like that grape. We're not, we're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. I'm not wrong. It's just your opinion. Taste. Yeah. So if I make something I think is dope, and someone else doesn't think it's dope, and that stops it from coming out, fuck that. Fuck yeah. major labels, dude. I I can't fuck with that shit. I really believe in independence as much as possible. That's why cookies is still private. Yeah, straight up. I you know a lot of people you don't. You don't really know how how it goes down or how things work until you're in that room, right? I've seen hella people make sick ass music, and someone told me it wasn't tight. Not not only could they not put it out, but it fucks with your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're gonna be like, man, what I do wrong? What I gotta do different? You're gonna be yeah. searching for something that's not there because what you did the first time was just fine. So, I'm independent. I stay independent. Um, I've had a good time making music. This new album's gonna be fun as fuck. It's just cool. I just kind of double down on myself. I don't really have that many that many features on it. Um, but when I left the Hem Center, it was it was because the music was so popping. People just couldn't really picture me. I couldn't really just be there all the time like I needed to be. I was just starting to fuck with the rap heavy. And so now you got to be you're the you're the weed guy though. Like you become that guy where like yeah, there's Wiz and you got all these guys that are the smoking guys, but then you're like that guy knows all the growers. He's with everybody behind the scene, like, and everybody knows it. So you become the plug. Yeah. How's that work with, as far as like, cause then you, you're like, yeah, let's hop on this track or, you know, you know, just with music, I just work with people that want to work with me. Some features you have to pay for yeah. you know, every now and then, but it's more like, I think people just want to be, you know, there's, there's incentive. Like people just want to fuck around. Like they know what time it is. Right. So I paid for features for sure. But a lot of the work I do is more like organic. I don't really chase the the young juice. You don't see me on on uh, records with hella young mm-hmm. kids like that are popping or the trends. I work with people I grew up listening to. That's why you see me on tracks with like Twister, Do or Die, Bone Thugs and Harmony, DMX, DJ Quick. You know the shit I grew up listening to. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that was the cool thing for me. No, oh, that is dope as hell. And talk about talk about the music though, like uh, you know how you were able to intertwine that into the brand and into the culture because. I feel like that was a big, a big revolution for cannabis, basically to like popularize it. Yeah, I was in the studios when like people would come into my room because they smelt it, or I see people in the hallway and bless them with a nug, and that would lead into people rapping about it. See, a lot of cannabis brands right now are trying to go to people with pounds and you know bring them you know money or weed to try to have them rep it and think it's gonna work. It doesn't work like that. This is what I would do. If I'm in the hallway, I seen you, you're a big ass artist, I hear this big ass jar, I go like this. Here you go, bro. Smoke that shit. Anyone got that shit right there? And you leave. And they're gonna smoke that shit and they're gonna be like, God damn, I need how do I get a hold of that motherfucker? And you know what I mean? It's a different approach, like organic building. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna just go and be like, here, here's everything. Rap <laughs> about it. You give them something that they've they feel like, man, and because really not a lot of people have what I had. It was a mm-hmm. lot of new stuff that we're you know, phenol hunting through or, you know, j- just just selected and want to put out there in the world. So they're getting something they've never seen before. They're the first ones to have it. They naturally rapped about it. You tell a rapper to rap about something, they're going to be like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. It's not going to yeah. work. Yeah. I've seen hella companies pay millions of dollars to artists to endorse their shit or to rap about their shit. And guess what the artists do? They don't do that. Mm-hmm. They rap about the shit they want to rap about. So I think what worked for me was I actually really rap. I was actually really in the studios. I was actually really in there working. People actually really crossed my path. They got the shit. They were fired up on it. They naturally started repping it. You know, even with the clothing, I wasn't never the company that sent a bunch of boxes out. I still don't. 
I've never hit a bunch of artists and be like, yo, can you wear this shit? Can you take a picture with this shit? Um, I just made it. And the fans and, and the culture and the people supporting me built it up to where, to where people had to recognize that shit and was like, I'm going to fuck with it. I've never once paid a celebrity to wear cookies. I've never once, uh, you know, asked a celebrity, can I get your address? Let me send you a box. I let them ask me because when they get it, they're going to genuinely rep it the way they are. You know? Yeah, that's dope. That's real that game dope. right there. It's like sometimes you want to meet someone, you meet someone, you want to take that picture hella bad. Yeah. To show people that you met them. Yeah. And that happens to me still, even with the position I'm at. But I know by not taking this picture, a lot more shit's going to be possible. You the picture will that. be taken when it needs to be taken. And when that happens, it's going to be on a lot bigger level. That's how I look at like branding the shit. Like I'm not worried about saying, hey man, let me. Let me give this to you. Can you do a story? That's just, it makes you feel like everyone else in the world. Give someone some shit. If they fuck with it, they'll fuck with it. And when they fuck with it, people will know it's real. You know? Yeah, that's fucking real game right there. That The industry, like weed industry and the rap industry, it's all transparent. Like you can't fake the funk. Nah, man. You can't, bro. Yeah. That, I've always just been myself. I'm a cool, humble dude. I like to network. I like to smoke bud. And and I'm I'm pretty transparent. Mm-hmm. That's why it's worked. That's why I've been in the rap game. Think about it. Since 2007, it's 2022. Yeah. Flavor I'm still after here. flavor I'm after still flavor. Here. That's crazy. I'm still here in the weed and the rap. I mean, those are two very hard businesses to stay relevant in. You know what I mean? Yeah, clothing up. too. Clothing too. Cookies clothing should have died years ago due to like, you know, just fashion in general. Mm-hmm. You know, fashion comes and it fucking goes. Yeah. We've seen it our whole life with some of our favorite brands going up, but that shit's still here and it's still popping hard. So look, I ain't going to act like that shit can't stop tomorrow, but it hasn't. So I think just being a real one goes, goes a long way. When you're hitting the road with currency and whiz, what pack is hitting? What's the flavor that they're like, yo, uh, what's up with that? Is there one that everyone just kept over the years? that was like, that was such a hitter, you man. Know, it, in the beginning days, the one that stands out to me the most is cherry pie. Cookies, of course, because cookies just, cookies was cookies. And when I had it, that's when everyone started rapping about this shit because it was so fucking bomb. It was just unique at the time. But cherry pie back in the days, man, I had some good times with cherry pie because it was such a sweet taste. And the original cherry pie, I wish to God that we would have saved this shit the right way. We were, you know, Jigga was doing houses and the cuts and, that wasn't really about backing up shit back then. It was about just getting dough, right? And so at the end of the day, like that cherry pie in the beginning, a lot of people used to come looking for me for that. Uh, that one and cookies, of course. And I think like in most recent years, um, you know, London Pound Cakes here and Mel Gary, those ones right there, people liked a lot. Obviously gelatos and shit like cookies that. Cookies is such a unique strain. I'm pack odds of myself. We'll never forget the first time we ever smoked cookies. Like we had the experience together, came out to Cali, rolled up some, and it was like the, the sun was brighter. The, like it was like, man, everything's better. It literally was an enhancer and it's such a different taste. Like to this day, I'm still growing Platinum Girl Scout. I, right you know, now I have a run going. No one ever really tripped on this. I never really tripped on it. But if you think about it, like when cookies came out, that's when OG Kush got saturated, right? Mm-hmm. That's when Bubba Kush got played out, and that's when Purple was oversaturated. But Cookies kind of came out and kind of checked all those boxes. It had a purple tint, had that soap in there that Bubba used to leave, had that OG aftertone. It was like everything in one, but different. Mm -hmm. That's why I think it just really hit. It was what people were used to, but were missing at the same time. I remember just having cookie packs in the very beginning. It was like like gold for me. That was my access in a lot of these doors. So you asked earlier about like, you know, access to artists and shit like Mm -hmm. that. 
I would just show up and pop the jar of the bag up and be like, yo, check this shit out. And they'd be like, yo, what's up? Come in here real quick. And <laughs> it wasn't like, let me give them pounds. It would be like, yeah, no, this is my shit. Let me smoke with you. Give you a little nuggy nug. You had to know me. You had to get my number. You had to want to follow back up. Yeah, straight up. Cookies was the golden up. ticket for me, man. Like genetics in general mm -hmm. are, you know? Yeah, I mean, you and you're in, you your work with Jiga and that whole original Cookie Fam work is such a staple in history of cannabis. That'll like, I mean, the history of cannabis. That's a chapter that will never be forgotten. You yeah. know? Yeah. Shout out to Sherb. Shout out to Flux. Shout out to shout out to Jiga. I feel like the shit we did was timeless. I had the platform. Mm -hmm. I had the voice. I had the internet. I had the branding. The marketing. I was an animal selling weed. I was an animal moving bags. You know, they came with genetics. We turned it up. I mean, I was the first person to ever see Sherb. You know, when he when he had Sunset Sherbert, he hit me up. He's like, yo, I'm going to come bring this to your house. I want to see what you think about it. Is it the one or not? And I remember he brought it to the crib. I was like, that shit, that shit right there is the one. My Sunset Sherbert was fire. And the gelato taste test, it's on the internet. Mm -hmm. You know, like we went there. We we did a taste test with the ice creams, with with the flavors, with the, with the little cards, which I'll never forget. Shout out to Mario. He had the... The taste, the bag appeal, the aroma, the high. It was like a scoring card, right? We all got together, motherfuckers smoked it. We documented it. SC Labs did all the things. I think it was SC Labs. We did all that shit. We're ahead of our time. Mm -hmm. You know, we we really launched some real staples in the world. And if you look at a lot of the menus right now, a lot of them have cookies genetics. I, I don't really know many menus that don't have gelato, cookies, sunset sherbet, cherry pie. I mean, some of our staples that we all collectively put into the world, it's in like maybe like 70% of menus out there. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. In the world. The yeah, whole in the world. world. The whole world. Yeah, like, yeah. What's out right now? You know, like about 70, mm -hmm. probably 70% of it, maybe 60, but I think 70, 70-ish. So we to be able to like innovate and kind of create a new flavor profile, like a new, you know, for, it's pretty, that's some timeless shit. Yeah, that is timeless. And it, and it leads to like the next evolution, mm -hmm. yeah. which is what we're seeing. Talk about that relationship. Like, you know, how'd you link up with Jigga? How'd you how'd you get in good with these guys where you could really start building something? I met uh, I met Jai through my homie. Um, he used to grow a bomb ass OG. Jai would be like the, the $400 zip OG dude. Like if you can get his week, because it was a small batch. It was fire. But besides that, that fire OG, you'd always have something new he was working on. So you get like a bag of OG, they would be incredible. And then he'd be like, here's some new shit I'm working on. You smoke it and be like, oh shit, where's that at? So I met him, we clicked right away. I was like, yo, I need all that new shit you're working on. Cause I was, you know, I was fucking stoner and I knew I could do with it. Um, Mario, I met Mario through his sister. His sister was on my first album cover. Uh, and she told me her brother grew weed. I went by over there and he was growing some cool weed at the time. It's met him, kind of connected dots with everyone. Flux, um, I used to buy weed off Flux when I was like 13, 14. Damn. OG legend, like used to be down in, on Fillmore and hate with all the fire. Like I'd go there and <laughs> that's the shit I would bring to Arizona and shit like that. Later on in life, I lost contact with him. Later on in life, I'm working at the Hemp Center. He came to vend some Granddaddy Purple. And we had gotten a little altercation at the front door because when I was buying from Flux, I never saw him. My my big homie would go up and buy from him and bring it back down. But I knew his name, his real name. And he had to come in as a vendor. And we kind of argued over him having to put his ID down and signed in. 
because I was at just chilling at the front desk with one of my employees and I would kind of overheard the issue. I'm like, nah, you have to, he wrote his name and I was like, you know what? Fuck this. He walked away and I looked at it. I was like, that voice, I've heard that voice over phones before and that name. I think that's it. I was like, yo, you so-and-so? He's like, yep. I said, come on. <laughs> I'm the one that's been buying weed through so-and-so for so long. He's like, oh shit. Okay. Came in, we started building there. So, you know, different introductions with everyone, but it was all the same shit. Just growing, selling weed. Yeah. All based out of the the epicenter. Yeah, the, epicenter, the bay. Man. The fucking yeah, Straight the bay. Up, the hemp right the hemp center. Hemp center was like that was this spot. If I ever get super rich, I'm gonna buy that shit. There's something else right now. It's trash. Yeah, it's so so it's no more. The hemp center is no more. Nah, nah. Got converted. Someone she sold. bought the someone bought the building. They forced her out of there. Um, someone bought the building and they turned into some like pottery barn looking shit. It's trash, bro. I can't. I pass by it every time I pass by. I'm like, fuck, my stomach hurts. For, any, for, the for anybody like going to the bay, what are what are you know what are some shops to hit or what are some things to do? Because it's kind of dope. You guys got a few spots that got lounges and shit where people can actually enjoy it. I mean, uh, the Green Doors is, is an epic, uh, epic store. It's about to be the Blue Door. You guys heard it first. Damn, so, you buddy. Yeah, yeah, my partners. Uh, shout out to David Kang. Everyone at the Green Door. It's about to be the Blue Door. So we have the iconic spot. Has that lounge? Wow. You know. Um, yeah, but if you, if you come to San Francisco, there's a few things you have to do. You have to get Santon chicken wings. I put Masonic and a couple other people on that spot. They thank me yeah. to this day for that. You gotta get some Santon chicken wings. You gotta go to. You gotta go to Hay Street and check out Burners on Hate. Check yeah. out the whole Hay Street vibe going Gate Park. Um, you definitely got to go hit up. Um, I want to be. It's hard for my foodie friends. Deli board. You got to go to deli board. Get a get that burner sandwich. That shit's ridiculous. I'm not even saying because my name's on it. I didn't want my name to be on it. I just called and didn't know what the name of it was. I described it to the dude. He's like, you know what? We're gonna call it that burner. I'm like, oh, fuck it. But I, I'm on my way to make that motherfucker right now. So you gotta go to the deli board. You gotta eat. You gotta eat and smoke, bud. That's it. The San Francisco Berry is it's good for food. Good food. Yeah. Weed. yeah. Hell yeah. Are you going to bring Girl Scout Cookie back at all? You got any plans for bringing that? Yeah, of course. Look, right now we're just doing what the market wants. We're just do, we're just bringing what the market wants. Mm-hmm. But part of that re-education of flour that we're doing with Bodhi, like just different flavor profiles, especially when you go to countries like Australia, or you go to countries like Germany or, you know, Trinidad, you want to bring the staples back. Cookies, Sunset Sherbet, Cherry Pie, Gelato, you know, even some of the Cherry Cushes. We want to have our staple menu there and then we'll evolve other shit that drops all the time. But we definitely are working on like the originals line. Like just want to do it right. Yeah. Launch it at the right time when people would appreciate it. I think people want it back though. I think people want Cooks back. It's they coming around. Want it. yeah. It's coming around. All the classics got to kind of come around. I, I look at it as like... Almost like soda or whatever, like something like the classics always stand the test of time, you know, Fashion. and just keeps keeps reiterating. What are some markets that you're uh, you're looking forward to getting into that you feel might be next for the global expansion? I think Australia is super sick. Um, That's crazy. Yes, I know. Was- I know Germany placed a fat ass order. We had to fulfill. It was like two thousand pounds for their first order. Which is pretty cool. Growing in Canada, sent it right to Germany. As wow. as again, as a guy that came up in the in the game, that's crazy. To, to load a cargo plane up and send it to another country with your shit is that's insane, bro. 
anyone else gonna hate on that could suck my dick. I mean, yeah. honestly, you're a fucking hater if you ain't yeah, if you ain't understanding what, what that you could just choke on PP because <laughs> that shit right there is like that's that's big ball shit. Yeah. Yo, what's happening? Oh, Jeremy wants to order two thousand pounds. Oh, it's gonna be ready when? Oh, it's coming from Canada. All right, for sure. I just want I want to be on that plane that flies that over. Like I'm gonna try to figure out how I could be on that plane just to be there. I have to feel that. I have to feel that. Tom Cruise on Mission Impossible, laying out a a huge brick of it. (laughs) I have to be. I have to be there for that. So that's exciting to me. And uh, shit, I mean, I'm trying to shoot big for the for the markets. I'm trying to putting weed in different states and different countries is cool, but I'm trying to put weed. Here, oh. I'm on a mission right now. I'm on a crazy mission. Uh, I ate some shrooms during uh, the making of my album. My boy left a shady ass chocolate mushroom bar there. I was like, "Fuck it," ate it, started thinking, and um, my goal is to put put cannabis on Mars. Like they're going to Mars, you know, and and uh, my goal is to organize genetics from all around the world, from from our crew, from every other crew that's doing the thing. And also add like some of the best hemp genetics as well. Put that shit in a time capsule and try to present it to the people at SpaceX and say, hey, listen, when you go to call when you go to Mars to to start, you know, trying to figure out how you're gonna get up there and plant plants and do your thing, like we wanna be the ones responsible for for bringing the canvas aspect of it. So all my breeders out there, I'm on a mission to to get down with uh with Elon and I know they're gonna make that move soon. So I'm going to create a nice time capsule of just the best seed variety from all around the world. So if you know me, tap in. I think that I'm just going to go put that shit together. I'm, I'm putting it in the universe right now. Where it happens, I'm trying to put weed on Mars because they're going to be up there growing plants and fruits and shit like that. Cannabis has been around forever and you need industrial hemp. Obviously, there's not going to be a bunch of trees out there and shit like that. So that's that's my biggest mission right now. It's like, how do I, how do I get in their hands to make sure that pe- if humans go to Mars... They have good cannabis, not some bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not something that they're not going to. Wow. That is not some like bro. corporate corporate company fucking bum terp. Like we want like, let's put fire on Mars. Like let's make sure the humans that decide to take that risk and go, you know, bring our, our whatever, whatever species to Mars. Like make sure the motherfuckers are nice and high, nice and high with all different varieties and make sure they got hemp too. They're going to need hemp, paper, clothes, all kind of shit. So. That's like the ultimate stoner. Like I saw that vision when I was super tripped out. I was like, all right, well, only way I know how to do is just to kick it into motion. So start manifesting it. Yeah. Speaking it out loud about it. All the homies now you got to do it. Yeah. Now you got to do it. I just it. have to figure out like what would preserve it the most. Yeah. It might not go up for 30, 50, 100. Who knows when they're going to go? They say they're going soon, but how do we store the seeds? That's not my wheelhouse. So mm-hmm. someone that's out there, you yeah. tap into them or me and let me know how, how the best way to preserve all these seeds are. Cause I'm gonna get a bunch. I'm not, I'm not just focused on our crew. I want to get like everything fire. Yeah. We traveled the world. We found good, we found good weed everywhere. So I want to organize like this super hunter gatherer pack of seeds. It's a time capsule. Yeah. Time capsule. How do we, how do we preserve those seeds? Yeah. And, and it's a good way to curate a relationship with Elon. SpaceX. I just want to make sure they, you know, they're doing some crazy ass shit right now. That's what I'm saying. Like the innovation at, at a crazy, like insane, uh, man. I know that they sent hops up to space and they brought it back down and brewed it. So I know he's forward thinking already. I already know he's thinking like that. Wow. And hops and cannabis are related. They're cousins. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying, if you own a spaceship company and you took hops up Mm -hmm. to space to bring it back down and brew it, you're already thinking about, it's cool that you're in space. Mm -hmm. So- 
if we get the word to the homie, then it's like, yo, cannabis has been a part of our history forever. It's going to be needed up there. Don't go to no fucking squares and get some bum turps. Like, yeah. let's, let's get you to fire from all around the world. And a non-biased menu. I want everyone's shit. People I'm cool with, not cool with, whatever. We just want the best and the, the biggest selection. When you go, please take this up there from Earth. That's it. That'd be dope as fuck. That would be dope. Absolutely epic. A dream for every breeder in that capsule. A dream for everybody involved in that. I mean. A dream for the humans that have nothing to fucking do on a planet for a long time. They'd be happy that we did that. They're yeah, be for, real. As fuck. Oh, yeah for, for real. Oh, for real. Smoking dank. For sure. That's that's a crazy thought to think uh, that yeah, time may get there to where, you know, you got life on Mars. Yeah. That's wild. You know? Yeah. Talk, talk about the media stuff, man. Uh, you know, being passionate about media. Obviously, we've been fans of Marijuana Mania, dope-ass production. Oh. Um, we love stuff like that. You know, yeah. shout out to the Strain Hunters, those boys, yeah. the way they make it. Like, you know, and then you see some stuff with Vice curating and bubbling up. But talk about your plans to, like, you know, help get more content out there and more media stuff that's pertaining to cannabis out in the world. I just bought a big-ass building. Um, in Northern California dedicated to content. We got the podcast room set up. We'll be doing like product reviews, flavor reviews. Every time I get new jars to Fino Hunt, we'll just be doing on camera. We'll probably do a little interviews there. Um, Marijuana Mania is popping. I, I got three cooking shows in the works. Um, different different style food shows I want to do. Um, I just locked in a really big deal with the network. I can't say anything about it right now, but for my show... I've been working on for a long time. It's it's a scripted series about trafficking, uh, oh, marijuana shit. trafficking. Like it's so like a about, series. Yeah, it's a real series. I've been working on that. If you look at my albums back in 2009, I was promoting that that movie was coming or that this show was coming in. I just put it in the world just like I did with the Elon shit, and it finally just happened. A big network, a very big, very, very, so very like I help big you structure network. it and put it together with the writers and everything. Big writers, um, big budget, um, I think like $75 million budget. Ooh, um, congratulations. Like big boy, big boy wow. deal. It just happened two days ago. So when I could talk about it more, then I'll, I'll be, be bringing that up. But I think my ultimate goal with that shit is just to make my own network because the buyer sometimes is super tough to, um, to get shit, like to, for people to understand how dope what we do really is. So ultimately my goal is to, to land that show, kill it, and start creating not just like the podcast or the blogs or cooking shows or marijuana manias, but like scripted shit. I want to get into that. Movies. We'll love like it that. to live on my own network. If not, maybe hopefully the network I partner with sees the value in what I do. And I could just have a long-term relationship there. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think about like movies and stuff like that? Oh, I'm all the way in. Yeah. yeah. I'm already working on four. I shot one with Ed Bassmaster. We have to edit it. Um, but like scripted movies, I'm all the way in. I think the Bay area has a story that needs to be told. It's not just the weed side of things. There's, you know, a lot of history in the Bay Area yeah. from Oakland, Richmond, Vallejo, San Francisco. Um, the whole Bay has a lot of stories, a lot of crime stories. So, look, they put on Boston, they put on New York, they put on L.A. We got to put on the Bay. So I'm moving towards that shit super heavy. Oh, yeah, I think that makes sense. How, how do you feel like life in SF after COVID and everything that's happened? A lot of bum piss. <laughs> It's crazy, man. What you, a lot of, it lot overpowers the smell of cannabis these it's days. A new strain alert actually is bum piss. Bum piss? I have bum piss coming out soon. Yeah. Bro, man. And uh, SF, bro. you can't, you you literally smell it, man. You smell wow. it on a hot day walking Ooh. down the street. The bum piss is very, uh, very, very <laughs> fragrant. So 
I was thinking of strains like everyone attacked the fruit category and the and the and the snacks cat. I was like, okay, we gotta get away from that. We're coming with bump piss. <laughs> so, but that's what that's what cat SF, piss remix. Yeah, just it's bump potent. piss. It's very it hits you in your, right. It's just Ooh. you can't get away from it. It's just like oh god, get that. Oh man, that's strong as fuck. That shit is. Uh, but SF's weird, man. SF's uh, it's starting to bounce back a little bit. Coming back a little bit. I feel like the same thing down here in LA. Yeah, a lot like, of places yeah. bordered up, a lot of places out of yeah. business. Motherfuckers need to get back to work. Straight yeah. up. Yeah. Like, all that. I want to work remote shit. They're just trying to do that shit on purpose. Y'all, y'all better understand what the fuck time it is. Yeah. Not nah, for real. That's a that's a whole nother conversation too, right? Yeah. What any 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 shout outs, man? Any things for the future? Yeah, man. Shout out to everyone in the canvas industry doing their thing. It's a tough business. I know a lot of us are divided sometimes by politics. Those politics don't really mean shit. We're all pushing for the same goal. We're trying to, I mean, at least I think we are pushing for the same goal. We're trying to normalize good weed, right? And we're trying to make sure that there's good weed everywhere, accessible for everyone. There's a lot of room for everyone in this game. I think everyone just needs to take a step back and not be so thirsty. Don't be so worried about what the next move is. Um, let's all work together. That's, that's my message to everyone out there. Shout out to everyone putting in work. You know, innovating with the menus, with the brands. I see a lot of new brands coming out. It's dope as fuck. It's dope to see the evolution of like brands in general. The more people from the game that stay in the game is the better for all of us. So when you see other brands coming out from your area, don't look at like competition or competitors. Look at like, yo, at least there's more real ones in the game. You don't want these fucking chads coming out here growing fucking bum turbs, dude. You need you need fireweed, dude. We need fireweed. Need bump the more hiss. people, yeah, bump hiss, <laughs> not bump turbs. The more five people from the game in the game, the better. So that and uh, shout out to my crew, shout out to the whole Cookies team holding it down while I was sick. I was under for like six months. They held shit down. I'm back. I'm ready to move around. Shout out to you guys for having me today. Shout out to these grapes. If I didn't ask, what are you smoking on, big dog? Like I know because like everyone oh, yeah. sees it. They want to know. Yeah. They always want to know what you smoking on. Mm-hmm. So. I just came from a funeral, uh, so I didn't. I wasn't able to really travel the way I normally do, so I'm a little light. But <laughs> something I'm working on with the Mints brand, which is JBC and my, uh, my company, is gunpowder. Oh, great name! Smell this shit. Okay, okay. It's an Otter Pop Cross. Oh, gross. It's fire as fuck, dude. So maybe even washes as well. Because a lot of the Otter Pops actually wash well for hash rosin. I hope that washes well because I'll smoke the shit out of that. I know for for, for certain, the Otter Pops is a great wash strain. I've heard it for years. Oh, that's funky. That is sweet and funky. Yeah. And God, it's it's beautiful. The The look on it's insane. Yeah, gunpowder's fire. It tastes really good. Um, A lot of people wanted her. Everyone was trying to get her. I found her first. That's the way it works. I found her first. I selected her first. Me and JB agreed. We put this out on mints. Mm-hmm. A lot of other brands wanted that right there, though. They didn't get it. It's a um, Gary Payton times George, uh, cherry pie. This looks crazy. Just the structure alone, I can see from three feet away. It looks crazy. A little fresh. It needs to burp a little more, but no, that but shit, that shit looks fire right there. Oh, bro. That's this. like that's like the old school, like it's old school, like homegrown look. And like, when you, you squeeze know, it, like you can, you can bro, finger fuck one. I just want to yeah, pull out one. You could rape one of those budgets, squeeze that bitch, and you'll smell that cherry pie in there. It's got a nice cherry pie in there for sure. 
Oh wow! Damn, that shit's like creamy it, and sweet. Yeah, like super good. Smell how complex it gets when you squeeze it. Yeah, it, when you it squeeze gets, it, the, the cherry hella comes out. Bro, it has such a sweet, complex Damn. flavor. That's some of the best weed I've seen in months. I'm gonna be honest. That's a beautiful strain right there. Um, so, are these ones you selected and then filled a jar up? Or are you still kind of the gunpowder? I the selected gun powder, these. Right? These two are different. I just seen these stuff for the first time last night. So. Damn. A cherry pie I'll crosses insane. I'll smoke through these uh, and decide whether I'm going to keep any of these uh, for ourselves or a different brand. This is uh, Animal uh, Animal Mints. Uh, times Jealousy. He has a two. Maybe it's an F2. Animal Mints F2 times Jealousy or something like that. He goes deep on his work. Yeah, he's running those lines. Are. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful look. Frosted out. Perp. Crazy nose. Funky. Just, uh, a little zip of that fly. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, that's true. I'm gonna fuck some people up tomorrow with that. <laughs> they're gonna think it's sweet and they're gonna fall down off that right there. The Turf. fly was in the Zolympics box. That was a crazy yes. Yeah, I fuck with the fly flower. Yeah, yeah out of that the box. I mean, that shit it washes amazing. really well, dude. Yeah, shout out the powers up, man. Oh, powers yeah. up crush mode with this thing. Ooh, we got a lot of shit that works with powers up. We've been having fun. We're gonna come up with some sick shit. That's my OG right there. This fly is really nice. One of my favorite ones. Uh, Omi Frosty gave me this bonkers. I bought a couple of zips of this. It smells so goddamn good. We'll take one when the cameras are off. But just that so you, crazy. burn is smoking. I mean, yeah, I'm honestly, gonna, I'm like gonna be honest. smoking. This shit is Big the best of the best. I mean, hands that down, shit, that shit right there is. Bro. That's all it's a, That's it's a, Frosties. It's a Crazy. lemon tree um, cookies and cream, I think. Bro, you stick this with the cherry pie with the thing. Oh, my God. Oh, those, Bro, those this right is, there. You gotta I bet you my twice. boy Teflon's over there just waiting for me to be done so he can hit this shit right here. I've been <laughs> I've been hoarding this motherfucker right here. This shit was so good driving for, uh, from the Bay to L.A. I put a frozen water bottle on my shady little fucking uh, lunch pail just to keep that shit, make sure it didn't get all weird. This is a gelato cereal milk. This shit right here is a little spooky. It shows you care about your turf. So you go to the point where you put everything together. You make sure the temperature's right. It, yeah. it, care is half of it, right? It could look pretty and then go to Definitely nothing. Definitely a turf slut. What? Man, he got some absolutely phenomenal hash rosins. I mean, just funky, sweet, complex This flavors. next one, like, I, I like papaya hash a lot, but my boy Flux came to see me. Um, and... Uh, he was hella quiet and I had a bunch of people had a bunch of hash on the table. Like, oh yeah, Bernard brought this for you. Brought bust out a zip. I call this white papaya. It's just papaya, but now I'm calling it white papaya. <laughs> this shit right here is stupid as fuck. Wow. And it's literally white. That yeah. shit is right there. Like that's that's that water. And this is hash rods. This hasn't been adultered, yeah. so don't get no idea. This oh, is the this yeah. is the whip. This is the oh, yeah. you never smell some shit like that. That shit right there, you my boys. Think you never smoke some shit like that. Man, yeah. this is the... For real. That's wish you could, steroids. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what that yeah. is. If I forget all my lyrics tomorrow, it's because of that shit right there. I'm just, I have to taste it every... That's the know. ultimate daytime smoke right there. That shit's that, amazing. That's why people track you down, and that's why you're the plug, bro, because you have so many connections with growers and people who are so passionate about the plant, and you have... Uh, uh, yeah, and then, come on, the homies. Yeah, shout, out to the, shout out to the gang. Hey, Steffi, when you taste this one right here, boy, you're about, you're about to be like, euphoria. This shit right here. Oh, man. That's, that shit right there. T tastes tell like them what can. this is. That's that yellow sushi, man. Team 10. Come on, man. Bobby Trill Trilogy. That Fire. shit right, that's that the shit right there. Is, 
That shit right there tastes like fucking Cody our videographer won't won't Bro. leave me alone about this. Yeah, that shit's fire right there. I mean, I got that last night, and uh, that's what ended our night early. I just kept hitting this shit, and I was like, "All right, good. we're not going anywhere tonight." Uh, and then I got a bunch of fire ass stuff from the Skittles team too. Um, you know, my Turpog homies, they got the blueberry. I don't have it with me. It's back at the hotel, but the blueberry Z and. The Hindu uh, pie, all kind of crazy shit. I'm into hash hard right now. Like, I like it a lot. Yo, so if you got some fire hash, get it to burn. Yeah, He's the guy to get it to. Shit. Get him some fire. Fuck with it. Oh, Any, I'll, put it, it. I'll put it in here and carry it around everywhere with me. It's you know, fire. And the vibes, the vibes lunchbox. I mean, yeah, that's dope as hell. I, yeah. I realize that. Yeah, he even yeah. goes to everything. Any game for the young hustlers, young people with the brands coming out and, you know, everybody hopping in the game or maybe that's been in it just a little while? Shit, just keep pushing. Don't let no one tell you nothing. It's not possible because it is possible. Don't get caught up in the politics. A lot of politics in the weed game. It's it's draining. One and two will keep you from working with some dope people. Just network as much as you can. Stay solid. And your word is everything in this game. It's a, like I said earlier, it's a very, very big business, but small industry. So if you're out here being a fuckboy, it's going to be heard real quick and you're not going to prosper fast. So, or at all. So just keep it 1,000. Absolutely, man. man. Real game. Yeah. It's Big Burn, episode 49. San Francisco 49ers, episode 49, man. I don't even watch sports, but I just know I'm from Frisco and it's San Francisco 49ers on mine, man. I don't even watch <laughs> sports either, man. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Life's like know. that. Here we go. All right, man. It's yes, first sir. smoke of the day. Right on, brothers. We're out, man. Burner. Peace. Peace. What's up? I want to take a second to talk about Grow Generation, the largest hydroponic retailer in the country, over 60 stores nationwide. Go to growgeneration.com and enter in the code first smoke. Become a part of the family. Let's go where the pros go to grow. Hey, calling all breeders and growers to the world's largest online seed bank, neptuneseedbank.com. Check out this. I got goodies from all the best breeders in the market. To go here and change your game in your garden, go to NeptuneSeedBank.com. You can get Blackleaf and you can get all the best breeders in the game. NeptuneSeedBank.com, first smoke of the day sent you. Let's talk about Athena, one of the number one nutrient companies in the world. Athena Nutrients. Blackleaf, tell them how you use IPM in your garden. Athena IPM, one of the best products out right now for IPM management. This product passed testing for legal facilities and is what is what I use in my garden. Blackleaf approved, Athena IPM. This product and all other products, athenaag.com. Go check them out. Appreciate you guys. Yo, welcome to the Diamond Mine. The diamondmine.la, California source for boutique genetics. Powered by yours truly, Blackleaf. And you know what that means? That means I'm bringing my best genetics into this. I'm bringing stuff I've been hiding, harboring away, stuff I haven't wanted to let out. We're bringing all that into the diamondmine.la and we're gonna offer that to California. Go on our website, hit the newsletter, and see if you could rock with us. Get on board with some of our genetics and change your garden. The diamondmine.la, powered by Blackleaf. We're here holding Power SI, and we want to talk a little bit about what this can do for your garden. It's a game-changing product I use in my garden. Foliar, res feeds. I recommend it to all growers. This is a game changer. Go to Power SI and enter in the code First Smoke to get a discount. Yo, we're right here at TLC Collective, home of the Jungle Boys, where they've been playing with fire since 2006, right here in Los Angeles, California. It's at Jungle Boys on all social media, jungleboys.com. And if you want to see for yourself, come right here to TLC Collective, man. Let's check it out.